0: Welcome. Hello. This is Apostolic Truth today, and my name is Derek, the host of this show. And for those that don't know, this is a podcast. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Apostolic Truth today, and this is a very special one. Um, I've got my good friend Bianca Baptiste and uh, Nick Cerise. They are both my hyphen leaders, one uh, prior and one post. Uh, Bianca is the current hyphen leader of the Pentecostals of Deland, and Nick was the prior. Um, and this is a very special episode. We're going to be diving into a very important and crucial topic uh, for the believer or someone that does not yet know truth and that is receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost um, It is a free gift It's a gift that God's willing to give and it's a gift that God wants to give And we're going to dive into the importance of that So whether or not you're outside uh, mowing your lawn You're you know doing uh, normal house chores or just driving in your car uh, just you know, I thank you for taking uh, the time out of your day to, uh, to listen um, So we're going to go ahead and dive into that at the moment I'm going to start with Nick and we're going to go into the beginning. Uh, we're going to start in the Old Testament of God uh, wanting relationship with man. Right. It was uh, just... Y- you can just go for okay. it. I mean, I can... You, well, like even starting from Adam and, Adam and Eve. Right, going yeah. Forward. And
1: I, I think it's, it's very clear reading the Old Testament that relationship with with humanity is something that the Lord has always desired. Mm -hmm. Uh, From the very beginning in the garden, you see that the Lord would walk with Adam in the cool of the day. And we Mm -hmm. don't know exactly what that looked like and exactly what that sounded like, but I think you can read a lot in Genesis about that relationship between... God and Adam and mm-hmm. that's something that continued on the relationship between the Lord and Abraham mm-hmm. you see the relationship between the Lord and Joseph and the relationship mm-hmm. between the Lord and Moses and and Joshua and all these patriarchs going into the judges and the kings and and his relationship with David and yeah. and and even with the prophets and you, you see in different ways and shapes and forms from the very beginning of time uh, that in then in, in some shape or form God has always desired relationship with his people yeah. and and uh, that that happened in the Old Testament uh, with you know God the Father. Uh, mm-hmm. The Creator, and and there was that relationship between Himself and man, and we see that same theme in the Gospels when God was in flesh and, mm-hmm. and the man Jesus Christ, and and the relationships that He had with the people and with His disciples and with uh, with 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 everybody He came in contact with, and uh, the Holy Ghost is His active Spirit, and He fellowships with us mm-hmm. and moves in us and through us today in the yeah. same way, in a different form, but in the same way that He has ever since the beginning of time.
0: Yeah um and and i'm with you god from the beginning he he had he wanted fellowship with man and he had fellowship with man in such a way with adam and eve until you know they had messed that up and then there was this disconnect Uh, but god you see from the beginning he wanted relationship with man he wanted to dwell with man which he he did like you said in the old testament Uh, he dwelt with man and he had relationship with man but there was always that level of disconnect uh, for there to be, one would say, for a place for God to dwell and dwell with his people, there was the tabernacle, there was the tent, there was the temple, and then obviously Jesus uh, came uh, robed in flesh, and, and he died for us, and he uh, released his spirit so we could you know, then uh, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, so he, he dwelled relationship to have a relationship with us, and, and, he, and he sought that, and he came in different modalities. Uh, one might say, in different ways where it, it was limited. It, w- it was very much so limited as to how God dwelt with us. You know, there was the Holy of Holies within the, within the temple. There was the Holy of Holies within the, the tabernacle, and God dwelt in the temple. Only so many people or only certain people were allowed in there. Aaron, I know, was only allowed in there once a year on the Day of Atonement. Um, so there was that level of disconnect. Um, but it, w- it was, one would say, rectified or clarified, through uh, through uh, Jesus in, in the New Testament. You know, the old being a foreshadow of, of things to come. The right. new. Um, So I'm going to give this to Bianca, see if she's got any uh, insight on this.
2: So, yes. <laughs> you know, my brother once made a statement, which I thought was very good, that you find in the beginning of Genesis that God begins starts with creation, and you find that he gives just a few chapters to creation itself. You know, the creation of the stars, the creation of the galaxies, the creation of just the universe and you find that literally scientists give themselves just to understand one dynamic or facet of the earth and just just creation of itself how vast it is but he spends very little time on that he does it he gives as you know in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth moves on stars all this stuff but then when it comes to man he stays on that mm-hmm. like he never leaves it and you just look at that and you and you compare the two you're just like when you realize the significance and the focus and the importance that he makes on just mankind you find his focus of attention was not his creation almost as it were the earth itself was not as fascinating to him compared to his relationship with man Mm -hmm. you know um and when you guys brought that up of just even um just in creation you find that just even with adam um and god creating adam in his own image you find that it was god that spoke to adam and said it's not good for man to be alone and I thought that to be very powerful and significant for me in understanding God's longing for relationship, because the vacancy that wasn't Adam and his lack of relationship with a wife was determined by God. Mm-hmm. And you find that if you study through scriptures, you find that... Um, not only was that God letting Adam know, like, hey, it's not good for man to be alone. He almost was saying, it's not good for me to be alone. Mm -hmm. You know, you find one attribute of God that really can't be expressed by himself. And a lot of times when I'll teach a Bible study, I'll say, what's one thing about God that he cannot pretty much express or do by himself? You know, and one of those things is he can't really express love. Because in order to love, there must be something to love and love you in return. Mm -hmm. And you find that although, yes, God is complete— doesn't necessarily quote unquote need us, mm-hmm. but in a way he does. Yeah. Because through that, we as human beings create a way in which he's able to express an attribute of him that he couldn't do it by himself. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you continue to travel through, like you, like Nick was saying, just giving those examples, that you find that there's just a longing. Mm-hmm. You find that God God, infinite, who's in time and outside of time, pursues mere finite man. You know, you find that God looked for Adam to walk with him in the cool of the day. Like if you just looking at those things and just before, obviously, the fall, before the fall, at least he was a little perfect. He was perfect, then he didn't have sin. So I guess it gave more of God of a benefit, you know. But even after that, after the fall of man and just his constant just I'm just going to say this last point. But if you look at even Noah, you find that. In the throughout the earth, the Bible says that in the heart of man was just wickedness and evil continuously.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I do not know the population of man, but for God to have found at least one shows mm-hmm. that he was looking very intently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in throughout the scriptures, as you search it out, you find that there's a, there's just longing for relationship in God himself that we also have abs- obviously finding ourselves and you find that when adam and eve fell there was his vacancy you find you know the in the um the introduction of sin and just a decaying of that and um just a search as they continuously fall in and out and we're probably gonna hit on the laws and all that stuff but um it's not hard when you begin to read the bible in and of itself that his um his longing for relationship his him, him being so particular his um, his possession and his desire, his uh, just his holiness in yeah. and of itself that demonstrates his pursuit and hunger for relationship. Yeah. But I don't know. I hope that answers
1: And if I can add that to good. that, I think if you read the Old Testament, you read about the people of God falling over and over and over again and living in this perpetual cycle of failure and uh, disappointment in the eyes of God and and we, we, we read in Genesis and the account of Noah how God is capable of responding to that yeah. but you see God giving his people opportunity after opportunity after after opportunity to reconcile with him and to come back to him and that echoes so clearly the love that he has for us and that goes even even to today yeah. and you know we, we serve not to get too far ahead of ourselves but you know we serve a holy God. He is holy. He is other. He is separate. Mm-hmm. He is. He is. You know, it, all of our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. Yeah. And there's nothing that we can do in and in, in and of ourselves to 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 be like him. There's nothing mm-hmm. that I can do myself. And we've given God every reason to respond in any kind of terrible way. To our actions and our behaviors and our attitudes and just the, the, you know, Paul says that there is none good. However, he still gives us opportunity for relationship. He still chases after us. He still desires us. And for God to, in his holy nature, Mm -hmm. to still desire a relationship with somebody like me, that speaks to me out of his word uh, a level, a degree of love, that Mm -hmm. we can't even wrap our minds around. We can't understand.
0: Yeah so then the next question goes is you know we 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 know we need jesus we know that god seeks relationship with his creation we know that like bianca was saying that one might say that he even needs it you know to that's a crazy thing to say that god needs relationship with man, but there, there is truth to that. So we know He wants to dwell with us. We know He wants that relationship, and we know that we need Him. And like Nick was saying, we're like filthy rags no matter what we do, no matter what we've done, time in and time out, all the way back mm-hmm. to the Old Testament, we've always fallen. We've fallen flat on our faces, and we've needed Jesus. So what was God to do? Like, we need God, and God wants relationship with us. And all throughout Scripture, it was bringing up all the way to the one, the, the pinnacle point, one might say. And that's when Jesus robed himself in flesh, and he put himself on that cross, and he died for us. And at that point, once he died, he, was, he gave instruction as to what we, what we need to be doing. He gave that to Peter. He gave Peter the keys to the kingdom. I know I had taught on that two, uh, two times prior. We taught on the, the keys of knowledge and building the right foundation. Um, but I don't want to get too far off track, but the reason why I was bringing that up is we, we, we definitely need... Him and we we need the Holy Ghost. We need that. We need that covering. And that was the ultimately the way that we were able to, one might say, uh, I'll bring that forward or for him to fix that. Since the fall, and this is something that we we already touched
1: on. Is you know, there's always been a divide between between God and man, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, Paul writes to Timothy, I believe it is that, um, that Jesus serves as the mediator between God and man and, Mm um, um, kind of bridges that gap and reconciles man to God. So if you are, if we're talking about the Holy Ghost here Mm -hmm. and the necessity of the Holy Ghost and the role that the Holy Ghost plays in all of that, uh, you know, it was prophesied in the book of Joel Mm -hmm. that, um, afterward the Lord's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Um, and and goes further into detail about that prophecy. That prophecy was fulfilled in Acts chapter Mm 2, and uh, the Holy Ghost was poured out. um, And um, uh, Peter does say that this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is what Mm -hmm. Joel was talking about when he said that the Spirit would be poured out. Mm -hmm. And we... I think a lot of times we, when we talk about the gospel and what we need to do in order to reconcile ourselves to God and mm-hmm. and to have that relationship and that communion with God, when we're talking about our salvation, mm-hmm. you know, we say that we need to repent of our sins, mm-hmm. we need to be baptized in Jesus' name, and we mm-hmm. need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I do think that it would be good for us to be careful. Um, I guess how we word that. And if you read Acts chapter two, the point I'm trying to make, if you give me a second, uh, the point I'm trying to make is in Acts chapter two. Uh, Peter preaches, Mm -hmm. and everybody's convicted. The Bible says the word pricked their hearts. Mm -hmm. And they asked him uh, very clearly, what shall we do? Tell me what shall we Mm -hmm. do? And Peter only told those people to do two things. He told Mm -hmm. them they have to repent. He told them they have to be baptized in Jesus' name. And he says that after you do those things, you ask me what to do. You repent and you be baptized in Jesus' name, and then a promise is going to come. And mm-hmm. you will be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this this is the promise, again, going back to what was promised throughout the Old Testament. So the commandments we're given are to repent and to be baptized, and the promise or the gift, the free mm-hmm. gift that follows that, yeah. is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this is echoed in uh, John chapter 3 when Nicodemus approaches Jesus, and uh, Jesus tells him that you must be born again. And if a man is not born again— he cannot see the kingdom of god there's mm-hmm. this this idea this this Idea of two births, and you've mm-hmm. been born naturally, and now there's a spiritual birth yeah. that is to follow, and those two things. And uh, I'll let Bianca take it so that I'm not hogging the whole the whole subject. But when we're born again, um, when we're when we are, we have that second birth, or or almost that resurrection, or that revival in mm-hmm. and of ourselves, following the crucifixion of our old man. What does mm-hmm. Paul say in Ephesians chapter four? Is that we need to put off our old man, and we need to put on the new man. Mm-hmm. And this born again experience takes place when we repent of our sins, mm-hmm. you know, we're crucified to our flesh, we're buried and baptized in Jesus' name, mm-hmm. and then what follows that process of crucifixion is a resurrection, is, yeah. is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And what that does is it gives us the ability, and not, not the desire and the ability to do what the Lord has called us to do and to live in relationship with him and to yeah. live in communion with him, even though everything in us by our very nature, our, mm. our flesh, does not want to do that.
2: Okay. Right, and I'm total agreement with that. One of the thoughts that came to mind when you guys start, when this part started was, you know, God has requirements. Mm-hmm. He's always had right, just righteous requirements and mandates. And um, through the law, through the Old Testament, we realize that it's impossible for man to meet those things on the by, by themselves or on their right. own. So the coming of Jesus Christ not only created an opportunity that those sins and those tendencies could be taken care of but also an opportunity to be able to literally supernaturally now begin to meet the requirements of God to say mm-hmm. the least you know so um, and obviously you can dissect that in so many different facets or ways but Jesus coming did not Um, Him dying on the cross and the the new church did not create an avenue for us just to justify once we Mm once what we all agree that we need a savior for and what we could not do, but it was actually to create an opportunity and a way for us to do what we could not do on our own. And just to make that, just speaking that on a more practical sense, um, you know, in my own, on my own and without the Spirit of God, I don't want to do anything that's pleasing to God. My, my flesh wants to fornicate, my flesh wants to covet, my flesh wants to commit adultery, my flesh wants to murder and all the works of the flesh. But when I empty myself out and obey Jesus and uh, repent and be baptized, and the focus today is on the Holy Ghost and receive His promise, and you know, the evidence that I've received that promise when I'm filled with the Spirit is I will speak in tongues. You know, you find that many times throughout Scripture that the evidence that they were filled with the Holy Ghost was that they spoke in a language that they never learned learned before you know and sometimes um and it's through this pretty much experience you find that god literally makes me a mere human being a tabernacle as it were of the holy ghost you know and i now it's no longer bianca trying to carry out these righteous laws these Mm -hmm. these certain things and requirements it's now the spirit of god doing that through right. me and in right. me, empowering me and changing me and transforming yeah. me, transforming me because I've been now born again. The Bible says that we were all born in sin, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, it's, it's in then my mother conceived me and yeah. we can all relate to that. Um, but it's through the this. It's just so powerful that God himself literally allows us to become Mm partakers of his divine nature. When we're filled with the Holy Ghost, we literally, the Spirit of God, the one God, literally fills us with his Spirit. And the Bible says in the Old Testament that he now writes his laws upon the tablets of our Mm -hmm. heart. You know, so now I'm able to do... What well, he's always required of me, mm-hmm. but it's not me doing it. That's why he alone can get the glory. So it's not me trying to earn anything, mm-hmm. but his spirit operating and flowing through me. And as I obviously, as a born again believer, you continue to die and submit to that flow and operation of the spirit of God. But um, I don't want to necessarily get too carried away and kind of dive into something else before, if you plan to kind of get there. But no, um, I'll,
1: I'll jump on that too. And what's what's so cool is this idea of obedience the Lord having, you know, we talked about the law and this, this, these 613 laws and almost impossible to memorize, even more impossible to actually live out. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people thank Jesus that he came and he died for us. So we don't have to worry about that law anymore. Mm -hmm. And something we talked about was that Jesus told them in Matthew chapter five, I don't think that I came to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. And he, he goes into, into greater detail about, I, not only do I not want you to live this way, but I want it to, 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 to be something real. And and for example, um, you know, the law tells you not to commit adultery and, and I'm telling you, not only are you to not commit adultery, but if you even if a man even looks on a woman and thinks it in, in his mind or thinks it in his heart, it's as if he's committed the same sin. And and these these laws are not just an, a prehistoric Old Testament thing. They're, the Lord, like, like we talked about, the mm-hmm. Lord is holy and there is an expectation for his people to live a certain way. Obviously, yeah. we, we live that way, not because not just because I have to, but I'm I'm privileged to even have the opportunity. We, mm-hmm. we talked about, uh, you know, th- the different ways the Lord can respond to our sinful nature, and we've seen it happen in Scripture, and just the fact that He loves me so much and gives me an opportunity to live for Him, um, it's, it's the absolute least that I can do. And when we talk about um, um, this, this concept of obedience and how do we even do this, because none of my flesh, like Bianca said, wants to pray. Yeah. None of my flesh wants to fast. None of my flesh wants to read scripture. None of my flesh wants to do things like this. Uh, you know, there's, there's an awful lot of stuff my flesh wants to do, and, 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 and there's, there, there are things that I would like to partake in. And how do I live in this, this obedient manner? And Paul talks to the Philippian church in Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to, uh, if it's okay, I'm going to take a minute yeah, and just read here. This, this is something I was studying the other night. Um, he tells the Philippians in verse 3, uh, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Um, do nothing from selfish ambition. So when it comes to The things I desire, the things Mm. that I want, the things that will benefit me, the things that will bring me pleasure. Mm. Paul's telling them, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Um, In humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. So he's talking about this mindset that you should have where it's not about me. Mm. It's not about my desires. It's not about what makes me happy. It's not about what brings me pleasure. It's not about what I want. It's not about Nick. It has nothing to do with me. So he tells the Philippian church, so have this mind among you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus thought the same way. And Christ Jesus thought the same way, um, saying, although he was in the form of God, he did not, I think the King James says, did not count himself to be equal with God. But what did he do? He emptied himself. He took on him the form of a servant being made in the likeness of men. So Christ emptied himself himself. Of himself, yeah. we see that in Gethsemane, that process of him emptying himself, and it's not about what I want. And he tells yeah. the Father, "If it be possible, let this cup pass for me." Nevertheless, not it's not about what I want, yeah. um, but it's about what you want. And and he's telling us to have that same mindset in the way that we live, in the way that we live for Christ. And he took upon him the form of a servant. And yeah. servants, you know, we we we're all born slaves to sin. But if you read about any kind of uh, servitude mm-hmm. any any kind of slavery throughout history servants and slaves don't get to have opinions they don't get to have goals they mm-hmm. don't get to have ambitions they don't get to have dreams rather the goals and the dreams and the opinions of a servant are an extension of those of his master and it's mm-hmm. not about them at all they don't get, it's they're not living their own lives they are completely an instrument and a vessel to accomplish what their master is trying to do so he goes on in philippians 2 and he says you know Christ is in the form of a servant, and, and he did this being made in the likeness of men. So being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and he became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. And what's so powerful about that verse is that's not something that Christ did as God. Yeah. It talked earlier about you know who being in the form of God did not find himself to be equal with God, but in the fashion as a man, he was obedient to the point of death. Yeah, and yeah. that process of emptying yourself where it's not about what i want to do it's not yeah. about what i think it's not about what i hope it's it's come i'm a completely a vessel and an instrument for the lord to take and to use um he was obedient, and he was, when he, when he took on that mindset, he was obedient to, to the point of death, um, goes on to talk about God's highly exalted him, given him in the name above every name, so this is what I'm, what I'm getting to right here, uh, in verse 12, after all those verses that we know so well, he goes on and tells the Philippian church, um, as you have always obeyed, these, these are people who already obeyed, mm-hmm. and he's talking about this concept of obedience, so as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but so much more um, in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I'm not going to get into all this, but there is uh, there is uh, discussion to be had about our salvation mm-hmm. and working out our own salvation when it comes to obedience to uh, to to the voice and to the will of God. And right here, um, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. So, what I'm getting to when it comes to the Holy Ghost is this whole idea of completely emptying yourself of you, mm-hmm. where this and this goes to as far as the things your flesh wants to do. My flesh wants to to uh, to partake in adultery and fornication and le- and laziness and complacency mm-hmm. and and uh, just any kind of riotous living. That's what that's what our mm-hmm. flesh wants to do. And to get to that point where that's completely crucified, that's out of the picture. I am walking in the spirit. I am living for God. I am mm-hmm. a slave to my master. I am mm-hmm. a servant to the King. And my what everything that I do, everything that I hope, everything I am, mm-hmm. I bring. I come to a place where that's just an extension of who he is. And I take on that form. And I, and in, in turn, I obey. Mm-hmm. Servants obey. If the king tells you to do something, you do it. There are no mm-hmm. questions about it. You don't ask why. I don't need to understand why. Sometimes I'll read his word and try to find out why, mm-hmm. but I don't have to know why if no. he tells me to do something. I'm doing it because he told me to do it. And you can ask yourself, like, how do you get to that place? Like, that's obviously my, I don't want to do that. Why would I want to do that? Why yeah. would I want to live that way? That's hard. It's difficult. It's really, really hard to not do the stuff you want to do. Yeah. And it's, it's even harder to do the stuff you don't want to do. And mm-hmm. how do I get to the, the place where I can even accomplish that? It is the Spirit of God that works in you yeah. to desire and to accomplish His good pleasure. And it's like when we are filled with the Holy Ghost, He gives us power to do things that we otherwise didn't have the power to do. Oh, yeah. And you know, we that's 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 why I talk about the the instructions that Peter gives mm-hmm. the people that day are to repent and be baptized. Mm-hmm. You know, to and to repent and be baptized, that's a whole nother Bible study about, oh, yeah. about what that actually means of turning away mm-hmm. from your old self and crucifying mm-hmm. your old self and 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 going down in the water and being buried with Christ. And and mm-hmm. it's a, repentance and being baptized is not a prayer and a spiritual spectacle, mm-hmm. it's a change in lifestyle. Yeah. And that's what Peter preached to the people that day. And you could ask, how do how are we supposed to do that, Peter? Mm-hmm. We've, we've tried to live by the law. We can't do it. And you're telling us to repent and be baptized. And he says, repent and be baptized, and you'll be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this is the promise. So yeah. we have this expectation from the Lord to live for him. And, and the incredible relationship that comes when we live these lives of obedience and living for Christ. And the way that he allows us to do it because I can't do it myself. Yeah. There is none good. And you you look at all these great men of God, these great women of God that we see across our movement. My Bible tells me that there are none good. Yeah, There is no one good. No, not one. And it tells me again that all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Yeah. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing about me that's good. But God's good enough to fill me with his spirit. And it gives me the ability both to desire and to accomplish the pleasure of God and to do those things that I otherwise wouldn't have the ability to do.
0: Okay. No, I'm 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 yeah. I'm, I'm I'm with you. It, it's good. The, the 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 biggest principle there is just like you said, Jesus died um and, and he and he was in the in the garden of Gethsemane and, and he was he was praying to God and and he said not my will be done but yours, yeah. you know. He 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 crucified this this flesh that that we he was in cuz he wanted to do the father's Well, He he knew what he needed to do. He knew what he had to do. And in that same place, we ourselves, we we have got to come to a place where we're willing to say, "I'm going to die daily. I'm going to forsake my will, forsake what I want to do, forsake my daily. ambitions daily. It is a daily thing, yeah. uh, because it, the, as soon as we 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 uh, give ourselves a little bit of leeway, is when we start uh, messing up again. We we need to daily die to ourselves, and not just die, but allow His Spirit to dwell within us after receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the that's one of the importance of receiving the Holy Ghost. Is, is being molded to be changed into more of his likeness. Mm-hmm. But the only way for that to happen is we first have to be dead. If we're dead, he can move and he can like breathe uh, life into these dead bones. Right. And then we're able to live a life uh, more abundantly, more righteously, a life more uh, led by his spirit. And, and we're able to do the things that he commands us to do. Because like you said, obedience is the biggest thing. God is asking us to be obedient to his word, to fulfill these laws. But we can't fulfill them without a spirit because we're going to mess up every single time yes. but if we have his spirit dwelling within us we're able to fill, fulfill the laws because they're written within our hearts and we don't have to think of it as much as like um i've got a i've got a i've got a wife i know i love my wife there's these things that i'm just naturally going to do are these things that i'm naturally going to want to do is because there's that there's that love but at the same time though you also have god's spirit dwelling within you so that's going to bring forth the ultimate uh ultimate change uh, i'm going to read romans chapter eight verse one through nine Amen. Really? I hear you. We're in the Holy Ghost then. Mm. <laughs> um, but I,
2: I did just want to add something yeah. just very quickly. Um, Is just you know in the example that Nick just gave about Jesus offering Himself to, mm-hmm. you know, on the cross and the extent of that and what it took. The Bible also says it's through the Eternal Spirit that He offered Himself up. Yeah. So even Himself, it, it was through the empowerment and through the empowerment of the Spirit of God that He was able to, to do, do that. that. You know, so that's I just wanted to add that. But anyways, go no, ahead. No, that's good. That's
0: good. And, and that, that scripture brings more to life what we were talking about, that we can't do this on our own. You know, we need to walk after the Spirit, not necessarily after the flesh. Um, we, we need to fulfill, fulfill the law of, of, uh, of what Jesus had commanded us to, to do. Uh, uh, and, and we can't do it on our own. It says our flesh is weak. So he had to send his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for our sin, condemn sin in the flesh. So God died and and he made a place where he not his blood covered, uh, uh, death. It covered, um, it covered sin. It covered the things that we fall short of and we're, we're covered by that. But at the same time is we have to live a new life after that. We're not just going to be covered and then just go back to doing what we're doing before. No, we're going to be covered and we're going to live a repentant life and we're going to live life more abundantly, but not necessarily after our own flesh and our own desires. After that, it'd be almost pointless. It's like God, um, I'm I'm sorry, and, and and he died on he died on the cross. He died for our sins, and God's blood covered us. But we go out and we just do it again. It's like we're forsaking His blood. We're we're taking right. it in vain. Yeah,
1: I think a lot of people have the mindset of uh, uh, when they when they talk about repentance. Yeah, is putting things under the blood, and I fall, and I just got to pray every day and repent every day and mm. put it under the blood, and uh, we're thankful that that the blood is applied to us and that He forgives sin. But again, we, we talk about going, going, not to take too much time in Philippians, but what does the Holy Ghost do for us? It gives us the power both to will and to do his good pleasure. Yeah, Right? So ju- when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, we have desires. It gives us new desires we didn't have before. You know, I there was, you know, before I was filled with the Holy Ghost, I was I was young, um, but I've I've lived plenty of time uh, in my adult life without being full of the Holy Ghost. I promise I can tell you that. And when I'm not full of the Holy Ghost, yeah. I don't want spiritual things. I don't mm-hmm. have spiritual desires. Mm-hmm. You go find somebody who who doesn't who doesn't have the Holy Ghost and doesn't know about the Holy Ghost and you start talking to them about living for God and about mm-hmm they you can't even have the conversation with them because they don't have the same desires that you have. Mm. So when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, yeah, he he gives us desires we didn't have before, but it doesn't stop there. He also gives us power to accomplish those desires. We yeah. have the ability yeah, right, yeah. So the expectation when we're spirit-filled mm-hmm. uh, isn't just to desire good things and to yeah, fall yeah. all the time and, yeah. and, and disappoint right. God over well, and over and over changed, again. The, the point is, it's, 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 yeah, we're supposed to live yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're supposed to have victory over sin and victory over temptation, and we're, we have power to do the things we couldn't do before. You know, say, there, yeah. It is not the will of God for yeah. you to be filled with the Holy Ghost and it live your life as slave to sin right. just like you were before you were spirit-filled. Yeah. And I see all kinds of people who I have seen filled with the Holy Ghost and who speak in tongues and they still live in bondage to the Mm. same sins they did before they were spirit-filled. And that, what was the point of God filling you with the Holy Ghost if you can't overcome? It's, it's, there's, 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 it's completely pointless like well, the, you said
0: yeah and then we, we take into the other uh, the other aspect is they remain one would say spiritual infants they're born again they yeah. receive truth they were they're, they're 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 children of god but they remain in that state there's no growth and there's no maturity there
3: right
0: we've got to come to a place where we we not just take up uh milk but we take meat as well mm-hmm. and we, we grow in stature through absolutely him um and with maturity comes responsibility oh yeah every time every time yeah. but before we we tap into that vein more so of being born again, I do feel led that Bianca had more uh on in that scripture there's definitely there's definitely more
2: <laughs> no, I just think in Romans chapter eight because uh, the main topic of this podcast is the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. and you find in Romans chapter eight that he Paul makes clear and direct statements of if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you are none of his. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the Holy Ghost, it is a gift, but it's not an option. Yeah, You can't accept to reject. I heard somebody say you can't reject the gift giver without, re- you can't reject the gift without <laughs> rejecting the gift giver. Yeah. You know, so based on just the just the topics of, that we, that, well, the discussion that we've been having of what the Spirit of God is able to do in us and how it changes us and how it causes us to meet these requirements that we couldn't meet outside of, with, without the Spirit of God demonstrates that this is not optional Mm -hmm. you know so therefore when you know you stand before God and you know, and there's all these things that you've done, and you have not covered them, or whatever. There's no longer excuse to be like, "Well, I couldn't meet the law, God. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. Nobody can meet it." You know, now with the with the Holy Ghost, it's just like you can no longer say that. Yeah. He's yeah. just like I've created a means that not only can your past be taken care of, but you mm-hmm. literally can be born again, and He's created an opportunity for you to be saved, pretty much. Yeah. But um, you find in Romans chapter eight, you know, uh he goes on the same verse seven because the carnal. The Bible well, in verse six it says. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So right here, Paul is emphasizing that your carnal mind wants nothing to do with God. It's actually an enemy of God, Mm -hmm. and it can't even submit to the law of God. So your flesh cannot carry out and fulfill the righteous requirements of the law so and verse 8 says so then they that are in the flesh cannot please god so he's literally saying in the condition of your flesh you are in a place that you literally cannot please god Mm -hmm. so with that being said like that anyways but yes you cannot please god but you are not in the flesh he goes on to tell those churches in romans he says but you're not in the flesh but in the spirit if so be that the spirit of god dwell in you now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. So you find that Paul just makes a clear and definite statement. If you don't have the Spirit of God, you are none of his. So back to this topic of the Holy Ghost, it is a gift. No one can earn it. There's nothing mm-hmm. that we can do to make ourselves worthy of being filled with the Spirit of God. It also is one of the most and greatest things that can ever happen to you. Amen. You know, to so that the Spirit, again, this infinite God, this one God would find us mere human beings beings worthy of actually having his spirit dwell within us as if, as if we were the holy of holies um, so but you find that yes we can't earn it but for you to reject it Neither is pleasing to God because right. without it you can't please God. Yeah. So then I said to say this is just that. Well, in this topic of the Holy Ghost and you knowing that, hey, I need it. I, I guess you guys are right. It's you can see it all throughout Scripture. You know, Nick. Before I even, I'm gonna get there. But um, he made a statement of if you talk to somebody about somebody who doesn't have the spirit of spirit of God about the things of the spirit. They can't understand it, mm-hmm. you know, and Corinthians actually makes mention of this. He, and the best way I can describe it is that the reason why you can understand another human being is because you're human. The reason why a dog can understand a dog yeah. is because it has the spirit of a dog, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm not trying to, anyways.
3: No, no, um, I, I, so I, I the
2: same, in, in a similar fashion, obviously, I can't in my flesh understand God because he's God. Yeah. But when I'm filled with the spirit of God, I now am able and empowered to understand the things of the spirit. Yeah. The Bible says that the flesh considers the things of the spirit foolishness mm-hmm. and it can't understand it according to corinthians so with that being said in this new covenant this new testament when which we're no longer under the law we are now required to be born of water and of the spirit and you find the way that you know that you are born of the spirit in the book of acts is the first time that you see the spirit poured out mm-hmm. you find in luke chapter oh my goodness guys slow me down and tell no, me no everybody. you're good you're good but um uh, in luke chapter 24 when Jesus is giving them, sorry, I'm just going to flip to it really quick. You find in Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse 46, he says, And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem and ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem, until you be endued with power from on high. So right here, Jesus gives them instructions and gives them commands, and he's letting them know that not only is this gonna be preached among nations, but he tells them where it's gonna start. Yeah. So if we're gonna understand of, well, all right, we just talked about all this, what does it look like? We literally have an example in scripture of what it looks like for the power, for the Spirit of God to fall upon man. Yeah. You find that he tells them to wait in Jerusalem until they receive this promise that Nick was just talking about. Yeah. And when you go to this moment, which he's talking about in Acts chapter two, you. Find that, well, before Acts chapter two, actually, because this instruction is given to the disciples. Yeah, yeah. So you find that in um well actually, yeah, Acts Chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. You yeah. find that they obey him, they go in the upper room and they begin to pray and tarry, and you find that something miraculous, something mm-hmm. supernatural takes place, and that the the um the outpouring of the Holy Ghost takes place. Mm-hmm. And you find that the evidence and how they know that they were filled with this with the Spirit of God is that they began to speak in a language that they did not know. Yeah. And then you find that much more things happen after that. I'll probably let Nick take over. Um, but you find time and time after again in the book of Acts that the evidence that they were filled with the Spirit of God is that they began to speak in a language that they did not know. And I'm kind of hitting a different vein a little bit because I don't know the audience or who Mm. who we're necessarily talking. We could easily, as we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, say that, well, I have that. I have love. I show kindness. The Bible also says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. So what we're talking about in regards to fulfilling the righteousness of the law through the empowerment of the Spirit does not mean that you do your own good works. Your righteousness doesn't amount to nothing, but it's through supernaturally once you've been filled with the spirit of God allowing mm-hmm. him to carry out his deeds in righteousness. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm right there. sorry. There. What, <laughs> what I think is
1: a good point with that is that we we need to make sure that we are not mixing up sacrifice and obedience. Mm -hmm. Right, And I think a lot of times because we do sacrificial things, we think that we're being obedient. Mm -hmm. Obedience will always require sacrifice, but sacrifice does not always imply obedience. I talked with a friend recently about um, the first time that we see worship mentioned Mm -hmm. in the Old Testament, and it's when... um, um, Abraham is instructed to sacrifice his son Isaac, and they're making their way up to the mountain. Mm-hmm. And Abraham tells everybody, you guys stay here. The lad and I are going up to worship. Mm-hmm. And I've preached it in the past that, oh, worship clearly is sacrifice mm-hmm. because Abraham is going to sacrifice, and he refers to that as worship, and we're, we are to sacrifice, and that's how we worship God. But the more I think about that, worship was not Abraham's just just sacrificing in and of himself. Worship was obe- obedience. Abraham's obedience to the voice of God. Yeah. Um, something that uh, has really uh, stood out to me lately, if we uh, look in Matthew 25, um, we see the parable. Uh, we know about the the ten virgins, right? Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Mm-hmm. And we can look at these ten women and we see the kingdom of heaven, and we're hoping to go see the Lord soon, and and we can kind of compare ourselves, I think, to these ten virgins. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you looked at all these women, I promise you, um, I would guarantee you, they all probably looked the same. Mm-hmm. There probably wasn't much that you could do to tell one from the other. It says that five were wise and five were foolish, mm-hmm. um, but they were they they there probably weren't too many differences between these women. And what's so awesome about this, um, if you could call it awesome, is they're described as virgins and otherwise sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? They, they they lived lives of sacrifice. They lived lives of celibacy. Mm-hmm. Um, however, five were wise and five were foolish and five had oil and five didn't. Yeah. Right, and as you have ten women who all lived lives of sacrifice, but you have five women who lived lives of obedience. Mm-hmm. And I think you could look at what you were bringing up about. Maybe I can say, well, I show the fruit of the spirit in my life, and and I do this, and I and I do this, and I and I've done this for this person, and I'm a good person, and I and sure maybe I've offered sacrifices, and maybe I've lived these sacrificial mm-hmm. lives, but my righteousnesses are as filthy rags right. before him, yeah. and there is nothing good about me, and what he's looking looking for is not just me sacrificing and me setting the standards and setting the terms for what my sacrifices Mm. are going to be and me setting the standards for what good looks like. But what he's looking for from me is obedience and what obedience, obedience will lead to sacrifice. These things that I may be sacrificing. And, you know, you could this is something that, that the church could hear, too, is a lot of us will live lives of sacrifice. Yeah. And it can be completely empty and complete waste. Oh, yeah. and we can act a certain way and we can mm-hmm. dress a certain way and we can we can walk a certain way and not do certain things and mm-hmm. do other things and not be like the world but if we don't have the oil mm-hmm. if we don't have the spirit and i'm not mm-hmm. talking about an initial infilling yeah. i'm talking about walking in the spirit and pursuing yeah. the spirit and in being led by the spirit and if the oil is absent from our lives even though we've lived lives of sacrifice we haven't lived lives of obedience. And what did what did uh, Samuel say in 1 Samuel 15? Um, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as mm-hmm. he does in obeying the voice of the Lord? Mm-hmm. And he yeah. says, to, um, behold, to obey better. is better than sacrifice. Yeah. To listen, to hearken yeah. is better than the fat of rams. The Lord, obedience will lead to sacrifice, I promise you. When you obey the voice of mm-hmm. the Lord, there are things you'll have to give up. There are, there are things that you'll have to but w- does not go let's not go at this from the from the mm-hmm. wrong direction where yeah, i just i sacrifice and that means that i'm following the lord no 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 follow the lord be led by his spirit do the things that he tells you to do be filled with the oil have that oil present in your life let the spirit lead you that will lead you to sacrifice and then you won't find yourself standing face to face with the lord and him saying i don't know i you. don't know you yeah
0: you right. work of iniquity i know you right. know.
2: and even with sorry just with Cain and Abel no, they both offered a sacrifice but Cain didn't offer what God was asking. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times we live in a world that, you know, even on this topic of the infilling of the Holy Ghost and making bold statements that if you don't have the Spirit of God in you and haven't had that initial evidence of speaking in tongues and saying that you don't have the Holy Ghost, that can become very offensive and become across as, who are you to tell me, whatever it may be. But you find that we do live in this time, there's a lot of Cain offerings, that because that it costs me something, well. God, you should accept it. You know, but the reality is the standard of sacrifice, like Nick was just hitting, doesn't come Mm -hmm. from us, it comes from God. The standard of righteousness, the standard of holiness, Mm -hmm. the standard, it's not about us. We are not the creator, you know, because once we begin to do that, begin to set the bar, begin to deem what's Mm -hmm. acceptable and not acceptable, we now become God, Mm -hmm. you know. But the point of all this, the reality of our need for a Savior, should have brought us to a place of realization that, God, I can't do this on my own. So there, we have to be careful from the start all the way through that we don't pick it up and say that now I can do this. I can choose the standard. I can choose where to start. I can choose nitpick what I obey, what I pick. And the same thing comes with scriptures, uh, that we need to make sure that as we study the scripture, as we um, work out our own salvation, that we're not doing it from our own opinion, our own prejudices, our own mindset and culture Mm -hmm. that we do are able to say, all right, when you wrote this, who was it? What was your intent? What was your motive? Me not taking things out of context and being able to take it as a whole and say, whatever you ask of me, God, I'm willing to do, you know, and that truly allowing him to be Lord. But anyways, yes.
1: Obedience takes place too when you, obedience can't exist where there is agreement, right? If you're going to obey, Mm -hmm it's going to have to come in, a, in the presence of disagreement. And I'll give you an example. Okay. If if, um, if I'm told to do something, just mm-hmm. I guess not an example, but just put in simpler terms, if I'm told to do something and that's something I already wanted to do and that's mm-hmm. something I already planned on doing. And if I do it, I although I maybe did do what I was asked to do, I didn't do it out of obedience. I did it out of my own pleasures. Mm -hmm. And when we start living lives of obedience, it requires us doing things that we don't already want to do. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that I've seen in my own life, and I've seen in friends' lives, and in other people's lives, is that we we again we live sacrificial lives, Mm -hmm. but it's not technically obedient because we're still doing the things that we want to do. An example, and a lot of it. So an example, maybe I I come to church and I think I'm being obedient because I'm coming to church Mm -hmm. well the truth is I want to be here and it may not be for who knows what the motives are. Maybe I want to come see my friends. Maybe I want to whatever it is. But I I want to be here. So is that really obedient, or is it just something that I want to do? Yeah. And you can you can go down the, down the list of all these things that we find ourselves doing where we say, yeah, I'm I'm obedient to the word of God. I'm doing the word the word of God says me, tells mm-hmm. me to do. And it's like were any of those did any of those things were they, any of those things hard to do? <laughs> like what about when your pastor tells you to do something that you didn't want to do? Yeah. Right? What about when you wanted to be involved in this particular ministry mm-hmm. and your pastor said, "No, we're full there, but what we really need is is for somebody to uh, watch the two year olds and we need somebody yeah. to clean the bathrooms," you know? What was? Did you obey?
3: Yeah.
1: Right? Did you obey, or did you only obey when? Yeah, I sing on the platform. I'm I'm obedient. Well, yeah. or is that something that you already wanted to do? Mm-hmm. You know, we see people. All the time that live these lives of obedience, but they're still in a relationship with somebody that the Lord has told them to end, yeah. right? And while I'm living a sacrificial life and I'm dressing like I'm supposed to dress, and I I'm maintaining an appearance of of uh, an appearance that I'm supposed to maintain, mm-hmm. when it really comes down to the Lord spoke something to me, and mm-hmm. I'm he told me to do something, and I did not do it, yeah. and we we can misconstrue our sacrifice for our obedience, and. I love how you put that is we we become our own gods because then we set the standards for ourselves on what is adequate and on what is good and on what I should do and what I shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And then we start asking God questions. And we start, we start, we're almost defiant in a way where, God, how could you do this to me and put me through this when I, and when we start to set the standard of the way that things should be. right?
2: Mm -hmm. And then just hitting salvation, I'm just going to hit on it. Well, if you tell me that I need the Holy Ghost and my grandma never spoke in tongues, so that, does that mean she's not going to heaven? You know, and it's just like those statements, those arguments is just that like do I now compromise what the word of God says to meet and satisfy your tickling ear mm-hmm. and that's very hard to yeah. say and that's very direct Hard pill to but swallow. it's just it is a hard pill to swallow but it's truth yeah you know yes. so just like so the reality of that no matter what Avenue or what area it is mm-hmm. in our life we have to acknowledge that God's your God mm-hmm. and I'm not going to, alter your word I'm not going to you are righteous and you're just and if you've been faithful enough to even give me this moment whether it be that I am now randomly landed on this podcast and I don't have the Holy Ghost I keep bringing this back but I don't have the Holy Ghost and I've never heard this spoken before and I didn't know that the evidence I I always thought I had it but I never spoken in tongues before but you find that the right just the faithfulness of God that you may not even know where we're located but you landed across this podcast because God is looking and searching for you yeah. And trying to give you an opportunity to experience truth, yeah. you know. So we must make sure that we humble ourselves before a righteous God, because mm-hmm. the Bible talks about do not allow His delay, as it were, in coming to say mm-hmm. to put you in a position. And I'm it doesn't say it specifically this, but Peter talks about this because some have mocked and said that because mm-hmm. He has not returned yet
1: his word is the standard yeah yes. and his the word that he speaks to you is never mm. going to contradict this word no. a lot of times we look for a right. word from god yeah, yeah. and we don't even look into what it his word says right? right we don't we, we want god to give to give us fresh revelation yeah. but we're not even willing to do the Open simple the things Bible. he's no. right. already told us to do right, right? Do we're living we're living lives and doing things that are mm-hmm. completely contradictory to what he's already yeah. told us how is he going to trust us with yeah. the new word when we won't do what his word already tells us right. to do tell
2: me what job that you want me to have right well have you responded to
1: what exactly why why what makes me think that you're going to listen to what I tell mm-hmm. you to do when I've already laid out mm-hmm. a whole lot of expectations for you that clearly my opinion and my, not yeah. my opinion, but my instruction yeah. to you is, is not very important. And when that comes to our salvation, a lot of times as people who, who, who identify as Christians may agree with what I'm saying, his word is true, but uh, you know, as long as it's in agreement with what I've always been taught, yeah. right. as long as it's in agreement with what what makes sense for me. You know what yeah. we do is we, we say things like... Um, Like, uh, why would would God allow bad things to happen to people? And why would God allow this person to get sick and die? And why would God allow all this horrible stuff to take place in the world? And what we're doing, you know, whether we realize it or not, is we are setting the standard in our own minds for what is good and what's acceptable and what a good God looks like, right? He's sovereign. He is sovereign. He is in control. He is God and I am not. His ways are higher than my ways. And from my own fleshly perspective, I can look at the world around me and I can see things are all messed up. Things don't make sense. I don't know why this would happen and why this would happen, but I need to understand he's God. And yeah. He is good. His word says that He is good. He is good. And even if He is that that statement, He is good, doesn't necessarily mesh with the circumstances in my life right now. He is still yeah. good. Where that comes into play with salvation is we hear things about, uh, you know, the way that we're supposed to live and things that we're supposed to do, and and walking in relationship with God and being filled with the Holy Ghost, and we need to be speaking in other tongues and, and all these and all these other things. And we people will immediately think, well. I've always heard. Well, I've always thought. Well, I'll, what I think he's what I think is, and what what my pastor taught me yeah. was, and what and none of that matters. They're, they're none of it, it matters. And I'm t- I'm talking to myself here yeah. on what we believe too. Yeah. God help us the day that we ever get away from what this book says. Right. Yeah. And if you, you need to like, and I, I would encourage anybody who's listening to this who's not filled with the Holy Ghost, read your Bible. Read the Gospels. Start, with, start in the Old Testament and, and read about the relationship between God and his people throughout the Old Testament. Read what Jesus had to say. Read what he instructed the people to do before he left. Read the signs and the miracles and the wonders that followed. Read what happened in the book of Acts. Read what the Church, first church did and preached and taught and read their doctrine. Read the, the epistles from Paul that followed that and the instructions that he gave the church. This is the standard, yeah. And it's it can be uncomfortable when yeah. we have to make changes because the things we're so used to and we're so accustomed to don't necessarily line up with um, uh, with the Word of God. But He sets the standard for 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 everything. You know, He's He's He He. <laughs> we talked before. He exists outside of time. He exists outside of our existence, yeah. essentially. Um, you know, the Holy Ghost moves among us, and I understand that. But He is. It, it it all he's he's he is the standard bearer. He is yeah. the standard setter, yeah. and we are not. And and what our role is is to read his word, to read this book, and to do what it says.
0: Yeah. Right. So true obedience is is, is ultimately what we're, what he's looking for. Yeah. You know he he lays it out for us, and in his word he speaks to us. And we can't his obey without a spirit correct yeah right. so we need his holy spirit which is why
1: the spirit is not an option right. yeah it's not just the spirit in and of itself we yeah. have we have to understand and he mm-hmm. he clears that up very clearly i think for us in scripture yeah. that th- there is a purpose for him giving mm. us his spirit and there is no other way to go around it there's no, no. well i'll just do this instead there is yeah. no there is no other way
0: mm-hmm. there is no other way so what what i'm going to do is um just because you know we we've got that instruction we know what the word of god says and he lays it out very clearly. You had already mentioned it in John chapter three. Uh, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. He was a devout Jew. He was a Jew. He 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 grew up in knowing the law, knowing the teachings. He knew the, what the word of God said from beginning to end. But you know, obviously, he didn't apply it. One would say to his life to a point where he was being o- obedient. Uh, not to say that that didn't change, but he goes and Jesus says unto him, and this is this is instruction. It's not it's not a question. This is instruction. He said. And he said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus was, was confused, He's, and he said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born again? And then Jesus followed, and he answered and He said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. So marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, If if they thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell where it cometh and whither it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So it already gives you almost like a pre a prelimp of what's gonna what's gonna come. We we know what it's gonna sound like. We know what the infilling of the Holy Spirit's gonna be, and we know how to how to do it. We've got to be born of the water and Spirit. And there's instruction, and then uh, Jesus describes what that is in Acts Acts one and eight. Acts 2.38, Acts 2, Acts 2 uh, leading up, up uh, after the fact. We had already touched base on it. But it specifically says you must be born of water and of the Spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. It's not a question. It's not—if right. uh, if, if it, if it, if it's easy or if, if it's easy or it's convenient for you, you know do this, no, this is something that needs to be done and a consistent relationship with God following. It's not always going to be easy. Some days I will admit even myself in the flesh, I wake up and I am like, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like going and, and doing that. God, you're asking me to do this, but I can't do it on my own. And that's where we come into a place where I you know, we've already talked about it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die to myself and I'm gonna allow you to take control and, I, and I'm given that strength to where I can follow uh, right. ob- obedience. I can, I, can, I wouldn't say perfectly obedient because I'm not perfect, but with God we can be we can align ourselves. Uh, more align ourselves into what He wants, and we can be better obedient or better stewards of to what His uh, Word is asking of us. Yes. Um, so finally, just to close this off, because you know we we know what we need to do. We know uh, uh, that we need God and we need His Holy Spirit to you know guiding us. And we know we need a relationship with God. Uh, what I wanted to do is just to get a little bit more personal. I'm hoping that's uh, fine with you guys. Uh, we're just going to get a little personal. I know Bianca here has a as a testimony, I, I was hoping you'd be able to go over it uh, when God uh, filled you with the Holy Ghost and, and uh, your life living after that.
2: Okay. Um. So yes. Yeah, so growing up, I did not. I did not grow up in you know Pentecost as uh, I guess some would say just being apostolic. Um. I was very. I was aware of God. Um, I used to, I went to a church that there would be people speaking in tongues, but it was very, like, scary and also very unfamiliar. I was actually taught that not everyone could get the Holy Ghost um, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that it was for specific people and that you shouldn't ask for it. God chose who he would give it to. Um, so, and I didn't grow up with that. Um, I had some understanding of God, um, but as I got older, when I moved to Florida from New York, um, that I strayed from trying to pursue the Lord, Um, but long story short, my brother got in church. Um, God radically changed him, um, which really made a great impact on me. Um, I was very stubborn and rebellious in regards Mm -hmm. to the concept of the infilling of the Holy Ghost and all that he was doing. I thought he was being uh, too like he was just being extra I felt like you know I I would tell him you don't have to do all that it doesn't take all that I never I was a heathen I never read my bible didn't know what I was talking about Um, but his lifestyle spoke volumes to me Mm -hmm. if Marcus was not at church he was at home reading his bible I remember I used to watch him he would be online watching this big guy in this blue background I'm like what are you watching you know and I later knew it was Billy Cole that he was watching and um, he was very dead he had just change. And I saw how much he changed um, from cursing and doing everything else that everybody else is doing to no longer doing that, not wanting to argue. So that made a huge impact.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so God began to deal with me. Prior to that, um, I remember him trying to tell me, and I'm pretty sure he came from a revival of some sort, and they're talking about lost souls, and he was just burdened. He came home trying to talk to me about I'm me needing the Holy Ghost. And I just remember I just could not see it. Mm-hmm. I could not see it scriptural. I not even scriptural, I just couldn't see it. Like mm-hmm. he and I remember him he just kept saying I need the Holy Ghost and it got to a point I got so frustrated, I said, So you're telling me if I don't speak in tongues, I'm going to hell you know, and I was like, I guess I'm going to hell then, you know, and that was my response to him.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I remember him crying himself to sleep and I was just like, It is not that serious like, you know, and I just didn't understand why this bothered him, but that actually stayed with me um to realize like why are you crying like why is this does this matter to you so much um but i also realized that now looking back it was just blindness that the bible talks about um i just couldn't imagine myself speaking in tongues especially the way that i grew up and i don't want to make the emphasis speaking in tongues speaking mm-hmm. in tongues is just the evidence mm-hmm. of what's happened inwardly but um when in regards to the Holy Ghost. But anyways, long story short, God pretty much had to rock my world and kinda came to a low place. Um, it was Easter of 2012, I had this mindset that everybody goes to church on Easter, <laughs> so I should probably go to church. Um, I didn't go that morning cause I had like cried myself to sleep and so I didn't wanna go that morning and I went that night. And I remember when I came to the Pentecostals of the land that I just never, I felt something I never felt before. Um, and it was just really the presence of God and I cried. It was Brother Herring, and he was on that preached. He ta- I remember what he spoke about, and throughout the service, I just wept. I just mm-hmm. wept, and I longed very desperately just to get to the altar, um, and I remember I repented, and I felt the weight lift. Mm-hmm. I confessed my sins and asked the Lord to forgive me, and I felt the weight lift, but again, I didn't really know much about the Holy Ghost, how to receive it or anything of that nature, and I remember um, Sister Herring, she was praying with me, and Pretty much, um, she walked me through just praying and submitting to God and not staying quiet because I didn't know what was happening. I just kind of shut down after a while because I thought I was just crying too hard. Um, but long story short, as I stayed at the altar, God filled me with the spirit, and I began to speak in a language that I did not know or understand. And that was the most supernatural thing that I've ever experienced. Um, and I was just in awe, and I remember I stood there, and after I got done praying, and I guess came to myself, They told me I had been standing there for a while and had I wanted to sit down and I didn't realize it. And then they asked if I wanted to be baptized. I said, why not? Like, you know, I just got the Holy Ghost. Why wouldn't I want to be baptized? But I remember that day, especially when I got up from just, when they lifted me out the water, I just thought to myself that would never be the same again. Mm -hmm. And it was through after being filled with the Holy Ghost that there was an awareness of God that I had never had before then, Mm -hmm. um, a sensitivity to him, and awareness of his desires, of his heart, um, and that empowerment that we spent just just a little while ago just talking about. Before that time, I just remember so specifically, I would make it a New Year's resolution to read the Bible, and I'll get to like day two and stop reading my Bible. Like, you know? But I remember it was after I got the Holy Ghost that I remember the first I don't know how many years that I can count on one hand that I didn't go a day without reading the Bible, you know? and that spoke volumes to not because of my righteousness, cause I proved that I couldn't do it, mm-hmm. but he then was able to begin to empower me to do things I literally could not do on my own. Um, so it's been a wonderful experience. Um, And again, through that, there's just different things that come with it. You know, his Mm -hmm. fruit, his literally him changing the way that I thought, um, changing the way that I saw things, perspective, hunger, desire. Um, But but that's pretty much been the journey. It started April 8th of 2012, and it's been a fun journey ever since. But
3: yeah. Glad you're here. (laughs) It's good to be here.
0: (laughs) Um, and then, uh, Nick, I was, I was wondering if you'd, you'd want to share something with the audience, something personal, something yeah that will encourage him, help him. My, uh, as far as my testimony, uh, testimony, whatever you
1: feel led to give. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll kind of go the route that Bianca went. Okay. Um, I don't have this as cool of a story as she does, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's my story. Nonetheless, yeah, yeah. I was, um, I'm actually a second-generation apostolic, mm-hmm. and uh, my mother was first-generation, mm-hmm. and uh, I would not be where I am if not for her introducing me to truth. So we yeah. went to a small church um, up until I was about 10 years old, and when I was 9 years old, it was actually at a Florida junior camp, a kid's camp, that I was filled with the Holy Ghost, and I'll be totally honest with you, it was, it was almost 20 years ago, I don't remember as much about my experience Mm -hmm. as Bianca probably remembers about hers. What I do remember is going to, and I think the same principle applies no matter how old you are. I do remember going to this camp and being there with my friends from church. And we were, we were like nine years old and having fun, water balloon fights and all this stuff. And that's why you go to camp Mm -hmm. when you're nine years old, is you go and you have fun with your friends. And I remember being there in a night service and having a longing to, I, having a longing for the Lord that mm-hmm. I had never had before and having being and, and it was like all of a sudden my, my, my priorities and my reasoning for being at this camp had shifted mm-hmm. and I, I wanted the Lord and I wanted, I, I wanted him and yeah. I desired him. And I was no longer there to be with my friends. I was there and I remember he had preached and they had started an altar call and my friends and I were all sitting in the seats and I remember getting up by myself and walking up to the front and I left my friends behind and I'd mm-hmm. left my Playful, uh, immature, young, uh, you know, desires behind. And I, and I sought the Lord and I was, I was filled with the spirit and Mm -hmm. my friends actually all ended up being up there at the altar with me. A couple of them were filled with the Holy Ghost as well. Um, And what's unique about what followed after that is my family, about a year after that experience, we stopped going to the church that we went to Mm -hmm. and we stopped going to church altogether for a year or two. And uh, when I was, um, when I was probably 11 years old, mm-hmm. um, we started going to church here in Deland, and uh, I was involved in different things. But it, it, this, is, this is what's funny about my story, and you're going to kind of see this. I mm-hmm. almost feel like the children of Israel in the Old Testament, yeah, yeah. where I just m- my life has been a big roller coaster, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm thankfully at a peak right now. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> I don't have a I don't have a downhill drop coming. <laughs> I, I can relate to that. But I, 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 I no, but I. Um, we, we started going to church here. Mm-hmm. And again, I, mean, I was a kid. I was, I was a young kid, but uh, I got tied up with the wrong people. Um, mm-hmm. It matters who your friends are. Oh yeah. Um, you need to connect yourself with people who are going to take you further, not who are going to hold you back. But mm-hmm. I was connected with the wrong people. And it took a very similar mindset when I was 16 years old. Uh, there was a service where Josh Herring was here preaching mm-hmm. and uh, he was calling people out and he hadn't gotten to me yet. And I don't know if I just didn't want him to get to me, mm-hmm. um, but I, I had made up in my mind that day that I was going to go up to the altar and I was going to pray. And I hadn't done that in a long time. Mm-hmm. And again, and I left my friends sitting in the pew, and I went up to the front and I prayed. And God, and it was the first time that I had been filled with the Spirit again since I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. I, I was sixteen, and even even in my life now, I've gone uh, I've I've gone long periods of time being apart from the presence of God, and mm-hmm. and being here in body and being here physically, but not really being here and not really being part of the church. And and um, you know, my my so part of my testimony is that you know God doesn't give up on us. And I think that's something that can speak to people that are in the church. And you may be in a place where you feel distant from God, and where uh, you may feel like you've disappointed Him and you've let Him down. And you just need to know that it takes it takes one moment in your life of um, one moment of resolve, one moment of courage, and one moment of strength to to get things right. And and things are washed away, and it's like they never happen. And and God God can use you. So. That's kind of been my experience. And and one thing that I, I did want to touch on, if you're okay with it, before yeah, we're done, and because we, we haven't really talked too much about the practicality of okay. what being filled with the Holy Ghost is and mm. what that looks like and mm. how what that experience is. Bianca yeah. touched on it a little bit. Mm. And what I think is important for people to understand is when you— so Scripture will tell you, read your Bible, read your New Testament. Um, speaking in other tongues is the evidence— of the initial infilling of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. That's not the Holy Ghost itself. It's mm-hmm. just evidence. That's yeah. physical evidence he gives us mm-hmm. for something we can't see that's yeah. that he's done in us supernaturally. And when we're first filled, we are going to speak in other tongues. And I've I've had people that have kind of run into this wall where they don't speak in tongues and they can't speak in tongues. And I keep praying for the Holy Ghost, and I can't get the Holy Ghost. I can't get the Holy Ghost. It is not the will of God for you to seek the Holy Ghost and not get right. it. Yeah. Never. Don't think oh God's going to give it to you and he's there's you're I'm telling you you're doing something wrong. There is something yeah. wrong not with God. It's not timing. He wants you to be filled. He wants yeah. you to be filled now. Yeah. Right now. was not so if anything is in the way, it's you. And I don't mean that in a mean no, way, no, but that means self-will. that should that should make you aware, okay, let me figure out what I'm doing yeah. wrong because right. it's it's a, it's a you problem. It's yeah. not a God problem. So I've heard people say things, and when I'm done, I'll let you touch on this too if there's anything I miss. I've heard people say things like, oh, you just come up and you, you praise God and you love God and you worship him and you're eventually going to run out of things to say and you'll start speaking in tongues. I, I, there may be some truth to that, but if I read Acts chapter 2, mm-hmm. the promise comes, it seems, after, after the instruction is obeyed. Right? Yeah. So he tells them, I, I know you can be filled with the Holy Ghost before you're baptized. It happened in, in the book of Acts often. Mm-hmm. But he tells them the instructions he gives the men in Acts chapter 2 is repent and be baptized. That is what I'm telling you to do. Mm-hmm. And you will be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's mm-hmm. something that's going to come to you. you. What you have to do is repent and be baptized. Yeah. And what I think a precursor to spirit infilling is just like Jesus, that mind of Jesus, that mm-hmm. emptying of yourself. And that's when you come to a place in prayer where you pour it all out mm-hmm. and I I can't do this on my own. It is not about me. I can't make it. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I there's there's and I, I need you. I can't do this on, and it's just that pouring out of yourself and a real, genuine pouring out. And and when that when that takes place, that that concept of repentance I believe that spirit and filling is what follows. Yeah. You can't have a resurrection if you haven't had a crucifixion, mm-hmm. wow. right? If you're, if we're to be born again, you can't. You, you, Nicodemus said, can I just be born twice?" And Jesus says, "No, no, no you're born of water and of the Spirit." Mm-hmm. And there has to be a death of the physical before there can be a birth of the spiritual. Yeah. And I think until we've come to that place of 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 pouring it all out and laying mm-hmm. it all on the line, that's that's when the spirit and filling follows. And then, more practically speaking, when it comes to speaking in tongues. You need to understand too. There is not some supernatural thing that happens where the Lord takes over your body and takes over your tongue, and you're completely on autopilot, and you just start speaking in tongues, and you're not in control. When you speak in control in tongues, you're you're speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. are mm-hmm. speaking in tongues. If I tell you, Derek, right now, um, start speaking to me in Spanish. I don't, you don't speak Spanish, do you? No. Right. No. You're gonna just be kind of stuck and think, I don't speak uh, Spanish. But if I said, No, no, speak in Spanish. Yeah. It's not. It's not that you're just gonna lift your hands and close your eyes and all of a sudden Spanish is gonna start coming out of you. Mm-hmm. It's an act of faith. Yeah. It's gonna require you to start speaking. You need mm-hmm. to speak and you need to have faith, just like the Bible says in Acts chapter two that the Spirit is going to give the utterance. Mm-hmm. And when we open up our mouths and we speak, and I and it may be that concept of I'm pouring it all out before the Lord, and I do feel the Holy Ghost on me. I'm having a hard time uh, verbalizing what I feel, and then it is that act of faith where I speak in tongues, and I yeah. speak. And I can't, I can't do it right now. I feel the Holy Ghost here right mm-hmm. now, but I don't, I don't feel led to speak in tongues right now. But when I do, I, I am moving my tongue. I am moving yeah, my yeah. lips. I'm moving my <laughs> mouth. I am projecting voice out of my vocal cords. I'm, yeah. I'm doing it. But it's an act of faith, and it's the Spirit that gives the utterance. As far as utterance is concerned, Mm -hmm. I recently just heard, I think it was Joel Urshan telling a story about about praying for somebody who was Mm -hmm. sick in the hospital. And he said he felt the Lord tell him to pick up the phone and call somebody. Mm -hmm. And he said he went and he picked up the phone, and he dialed their number, and he said the Lord had not yet told him what to say. He didn't know what he was going to say when he called them. The Lord Lord said, "Pick up the phone and call him." That's something. A lot of times, God will tell you to do something, and we think, "Well, what's going to happen after that? What are you going to do? Just just do this, and then I'll tell you." Right? Mm -hmm. Just walk through that first door, that act of faith, Mm -hmm. and that's what. So he said he picked up the phone, and the person said hello, and he said he just started talking. And he said it was literally as if when he was talking, as he was talking, it's like the Lord was right in his ear just telling him what to say. Say this. I say this. And he said he's just. He said he, he. He just. He did not know where this sentence was going. He didn't know where the conversation. He was just talking, yeah. and the spirit. He said was giving the utterance and that's exactly what the spirit does for us when we speak in tongues. Yeah. It's an act of faith. What we're doing is we're surrendering our tongue. Mm. We are surrendering our physical, our most unruly physical yeah, member exactly. to the Lord and we yeah. and we speak but we have to speak it. So mm. I've had I've had people I've prayed for who said I just can't speak in tongues and and I've I've told them you need to speak in tongues like (laughs) that's just it speak in tongues yeah speak in tongues and it's an act of faith and it's it's not you it's Mm -hmm. not you if you have if if you are walking in the spirit and you feel the holy ghost you have to take that step of Mm -hmm. faith and you have to speak in tongues and if you are hitting a roadblock Mm -hmm. i promise you god is not holding back from you Mm -hmm. he's not waiting and he's probably just going to give it to you next week no 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 stop with that he wants you to be filled he wants you to be filled right now And it's an act of faith for Mm -hmm. us to step out and and, and receive that gift that he's trying to give to Mm us.
2: Right, and that's, yeah, and it pretty much hit it all, and that's absolutely true. You know, there are a few sometimes roadblocks when somebody's trying to be filled with the Holy Ghost that I've seen when, being able to be a part of that experience in somebody else's life, sometimes it can be unbelief. Mm-hmm. You know, you do have to have faith that God wants to give you the Holy Ghost. You know, if you doubt that to any degree, study the book of Acts, you find that in the book of Acts, he said, this promises unto you and to, unto your children, to all that are far off. If you're like me, that you were taught that it's not for everyone, allowing there to be an opportunity to search the scriptures. You know, you find John chapter seven, verse 37 to 39, gives specific instruction about the Holy Ghost, saying that Jesus cried, saying, you know, if any man thirsts, I'm coming to me and drink. And the Bible says, this spake he of the Holy Spirit. You find in Luke, it talks about, you know, if you're um, being good parents, you know how to give good mm-hmm. gifts to your children, you know, how much more will the Father give the Spirit to them that ask? So unbelief is something that you got to, um, there has to be an understanding that it's God's will for everyone to have the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Another thing is that if you use the analogy of obviously Um, being filled with the spirit and I have have a water bottle in front of me if you talk about that bottle being filled it cannot be filled if it's already filled with something else and that's what Nick Mm -hmm. is talking about in regards to emptying yourself out you know um, and us being a tabernacle as it were if there's something dwelling there it can't be filled with something else so repentance is you emptying yourself out you know you realizing that what you've been doing the lifestyle that you've been living has been contrary to what God wants and um, repentance is also obviously a change of mind Mm -hmm. So when you empty yourself out, you've now positioned yourself to be filled, you know, but if I put the lid back on after I've emptied myself out, I Mm. can't be filled either. So there is a level of you got to open your mouth, (laughs) you know, closed mouths Mm. don't get fed, you know, so. And if you're going to use
1: that water bottle, not to interrupt you, but the evidence of filling is always overflowing. Right. Right. And if I start pouring water into this bottle until water starts flowing out of it, Mm -hmm. there is always more room in here. Right. And it's yeah. not; it is not completely full until you see that first trickle of water run down the side of the bottle, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and Jesus true. said that if any man thirst, let him come, come to me and drink. Um, he that believeth on me, as out of his belly shall, shall flow, flow rivers of, rivers of living of water. water. And and that flowing. Like a river. I mean, we can talk about the the speaking in other tongues. He said, This spake He, like you said, of the Holy Ghost. Right. Because they had not yet received it. And it's just there, there's always going to be that overflowing. Which
2: is really, absolutely. You know, so, um, so yeah, so that's another thing. You got to open up your mouth. You find in Luke chapter 24, verse, and that I read the passage earlier, but in verse 53, you find that it says that, well, beginning of verse 52, it says, And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And we're continually in the temple praising and blessing mm-hmm. God. So you find that before the outpouring, they were praising God. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, an analogy I would sometimes use is that obviously we just read in Acts chapter two, well we we've referenced it, that the Holy Ghost is a gift, and if I know that somebody wants to give me a gift, I don't beg for it; I receive it. And the same thing with the Holy Ghost, if you are begging for it, you're lacking faith that God wants to give it to you. So realizing that it's a gift, so you don't beg, you mm -hmm. receive. So there has to be an element of just receiving it, realizing that one, God has forgiven you if you've confessed your sins. Um, two realizing that it's his will for you to have the spirit of god and now you need to receive it by faith and the way that you do that is begin to praise him and thank him for it mm-hmm. and as you do that as you empty yourself out you've repented um some sometimes you know we'll, we'll give the instruction of somebody lifting their hands and you don't necessarily need to lift lift your hands when you receive the Holy ghost but sometimes posture kind of just helps get your mindset where it needs to be so that's why it's important that don't have your head down if you're praying for god to give you the Holy ghost even if you in the car right now. Why, because when your head is down, you are demonstrating, as it were, condemnation. Mm -hmm. You have to have faith that God's heard you and He wants to fill you. None of us are worthy of His Spirit, but His blood is what makes us worthy. So so those are a few roadblocks. So you need to open your mouth. Um, The Bible does say it is the Spirit of God that gives you the utterance. You do not make up gibberish and start to speak that out. That is not the Holy Ghost. Um, It's literally the Spirit of God that gives you the utterance. So when you, by faith, begin to worship Him. And you begin to praise him and believing that he's going to fill you with his spirit. Um, he will give you the utterance, and it's up to you to speak it out. Don't be afraid of what it's going to sound like. Don't be afraid mm-hmm. of what, what you're gonna, how foolish you may look. You've been waiting for this moment your entire life. You Where know, you God. probably look more foolish drunk than being filled with the Spirit. You know, you probably look more foolish doing some other things that the world has deemed as good or fun or what have you. So um, to bypass this experience because of word, what other people think, don't let that occur. But, um, again, repentance, yielding to the Spirit of God, it requires you to yield because at that point, you are surrendering ownership okay. of you. You know, you've repented and said, "All right, I'm dethroning myself off the, off the throne of my life. So when you're yielding to the spirit of God, you're giving him access to rule and reign. And like Nick said, take control of the most unruly part of your body. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, so God has used speaking in tongues as evidence that now he is in control. Mm. Um, so I hope that makes sense. But it is for you you know, whoever's listening. um, And it's something that God's will for you to have. And it's not God's will. Again, sometimes it takes a little longer for us to yield and for you to be in control. Our logical mind can get in the way of just, like, so it's going to happen now. It's going to happen now. Like, you know, and you yeah. can get in the way of your own self, yeah. but yield, you just yield, he'll take care of the rest, yield. And as he gives you the utterance, you just speak it out and just you know, it's going to happen.
1: <laughs> and you need to know, too, that the infilling of the Holy Ghost is not the culmination of your salvation experience. It's it's mm-hmm. page one. Yeah. It is. And I think a lot of times we think... Oh, I, if I'm going to heaven, I just need to repent, be baptized, be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm ready to go. And that's, no, 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 no. That's, one saved, that's, the, that's the start of your, that yeah. is the start of your journey. Yeah. So that I mean, is the start yeah. of your journey with you're the Lord. You're
3: born again. Yep. You're a babe. Yep, you, you, know, you don't look at a baby,
1: baby and be like, yeah. you're mature. You you're grow. able to go to Paul college. said, you're running a long race. Yep. Right. And if I look at the Old Testament, I, I love uh, the parallels in the book of Exodus with mm. Moses and the children of Israel. And, you know, they, he got three to six million people. He, he got him out of Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. But the whole purpose of taking them out of Egypt was to get them to Canaan. Yeah. Right? He didn't take them out just to take them out. You know, I'm 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 going to leave here and I'm going to, you know, leave the church here in a few minutes, mm-hmm. but I'm not driving without direction. I'm going home. I'm yeah, going back yeah. to my house, and that's in order for me to get home, I got to leave here, right? Yeah. right? That same concept applies to to Moses and to the children of Israel is, you know, he got them out of Egypt in mm-hmm. order to get them to Canaan, in order to get them to a promised land. Yeah. We need to remember is he got them out of Egypt in about three days and it took them 40 years to get to the promised land. Mm-hmm. There is a long journey <laughs> that comes after your Egypt experience. Right. Oh, yeah. You're not going—you can't get to Canaan if you're still in Egypt. Right.
3: Can't You're
1: it's not going clean. to the promised yeah. land while you still are in Egypt, yeah. but you're not in Egypt just to get—you're not taken out of Egypt just to be taken out of Egypt. He's not yeah. taking you out of some place just to leave you there. Yeah. He's trying to take you somewhere, and there is yeah. okay. a long— a uh, beautiful road ahead once uh,
0: once we're filled with the Spirit. Right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Um, so I was led to read Psalms chapter 32, verse 8. It says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go, and I will guide thee with thine eye. Uh, the the reason why I wanted to read that is, is because we, we know we were talking about uh, receiving the Holy Ghost, the practicality of that, how we need to let go of ourselves and to allow God's Spirit uh, to dwell in uh, into our our bodies or our temples as evidence of speaking tongues and how we have to uh, speak with faith and we have to speak boldly and then and God will begin to to move within us, uh, but it's not just a once saved always saved like you were saying. It's got to be a continual thing. We're not just uh, set free just so we could just take camp there and then just never move. Uh, even in the Old Testament, they had they had the tent and they, they were to move and they were to uh, one would say. Travel or paraventure, you know as far as God wanted him to go to get him to that place But in Psalms chapter 32 verse 8 it says I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way thou shalt go I will guide thee with my eyes. So God's watching over us God's directing us if you don't know where to go and for anybody that's listening if you don't know where to go You don't know how to get there uh, You're kind of nervous because you're like, yeah, I'm gonna receive the gift of the Holy Ghost I'm gonna be baptized, but I'm scared like after that is my whole life's gonna change. Well. Yeah, it's going to change, but it's going to change for the better. Right. You know, I can personally say that before finding God and before uh, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, my life was was trash. I mean, you guys had amazing uh, testimonies. Uh, mine can't even touch uh, Bianca's, but it's not about that. It's not about that. Um and mine was also like a like a roller coaster, like Nick's. but at the at the end of the day, once I made up my mind that I was gonna serve God and chose to obey what He was telling me, my life started changing. So our lives will 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 come out for the better. God will will bring us through this, and He will teach us. He will show us the way which we were were where we need to go. Right. Uh, at the at the end of the day, i'm not I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm not worried about next week. You know, there's things that's got to take place. There's things that's going to happen, but I'm not worried God's going to bring me to that place. God's going to lead me. God's going to direct me. And he's done that ever since I've been obedient to his word. So, so we've, we've just got to live consecrated lives, giving our lives to God and, you know, moving forward.
2: And I'm sorry, it's the last thing. You're good. Um, But like just in hitting on that, we've talked about being the servant of God, but the Bible also says that those that are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Oh, yeah. You know, and so there's an aspect of sonship Mm -hmm. and adoption. Yeah. You know, so just what you find and learn that he's a good father you know and no good father leave you um leave you just you you need a a a child to grow up to be what it needs to be needs a good mother and a good father and he's a good father and a good mother is getting connected to the right church You know, um, so that's very important in realizing that as a good father, he will withhold no good thing from you. Mm -hmm. His motive, his intentions towards Mm -hmm. you is good and pure. Mm -hmm. You know, when it seems like moments that he's asking you things that may be a little tough to let go of, Mm -hmm. it's because of what he wants to give you later on. You know, so just the things that you're hitting on is just Mm the. The the signs and evidence of just a good father. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there is an aspect of, yes, he is our master, he is our Lord, but he is also our father. Um, And that's something that we could have in him as well. And just that you will need a church, a good church home to help you, to nurture you and to grow Mm -hmm. you, to be the mature saint that God wants you to be as well.
1: And what makes the difference between a good father and a good friend, right, is... (laughs) a good father is going to give you direction and a good father is going to, is going to take you somewhere. And a good father sometimes is going to tell you things that you don't want to hear yeah. and, and require you to do things that you don't want to do. Yeah. And you, and the time, and some of us could understand maybe in the time that you're getting that direction, mm-hmm. you don't like it and you don't understand it. Mm-hmm. But I've heard from so many people that can look back and, you know, on things, uh, you know, some people, a lot of people, uh, you know, aren't blessed with, um, with, with spiritual leadership in the form of a physical father. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, some people are, and those who are, I've, I've heard time and time and time and time and time again, how thankful they are for their father, uh, doing things with them and leading them in certain Mm -hmm. ways and teaching them certain things and Mm -hmm. keeping them from certain things and saying things along the lines of, you know, dad, I, I, I may, I may not have appreciated it back then but looking back on it, you know, you yeah. were a good father. Uh, and yeah. that's what differentiates a father and a friend. And, mm-hmm. and, and going into, again, what the spirit does for us. And that's, you know, it, he, he leads us, like you said, he guides us, he directs us. Sometimes he tells us no. Sometimes yeah. he tells us stop. Sometimes he tells us change this. Sometimes yeah. he says, you need to remove this. And there's always uh, there's, there's always a plan behind it. There's yeah. always, he's always looking out for our good. You know, I, I just just uh, yesterday, uh, my son, we were in a parking lot and he started wandering away from the car um, and I started shouting at him in the parking lot because yeah. he and he was he was being silly and thought I was playing. And I yelled at him in the parking lot. I said, come here now. And he started crying. And in his young, naive mind, all he understood was daddy just yelled at me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what I did. I thought we were playing mm-hmm. and he was, he was crying, crying, crying. But daddy yelled at me and daddy yeah. yelled at me and he can't, he's not old enough. He's, you know, my ways are higher than his ways. My <laughs> right. thoughts are higher than his thoughts. Right. He's, yeah, he's yeah, two yeah. years old. And, but I understand I'm getting him away from the cars. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping him safe. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to get hit. I know that place where he's going is dangerous. Mm-hmm. I know, and we can get into, I know that person that they're with is dangerous. Yeah. I know mm-hmm. where th- where this is going to take them. Right. I s- I've seen the outcome from, from this path and I need to get them. And in his mind, I may not understand why. Daddy is ripping my world apart right now. And I don't know why Daddy just made me cry. And mm-hmm. I don't know, and I don't know. But looking back on it, I promise he would understand, oh, that's why you, that's why Protecting you corrected me. me. Mm-hmm. You protected me. You were trying to keep me safe. You were yeah. trying to help me become the person that I'm supposed to be. It's mm-hmm. exactly what the Lord does for us. And a lot mm-hmm. of times that comes in forms that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. And I may obey him and s- still have no idea why he told me to do that. Right. And I may be looking back kind of almost regretfully saying, could I have done that anyway? And it would have been, it looks like it would have been okay. Yeah. yeah. He told me not to do it. All he right. told me not to go there. He told me not to touch that. I just have to trust him yeah. because I know that he's, that, that he's, he's looking out for me. I know that he loves me. I know mm-hmm. that he is. And that's, you know, that's just the difference between a good father and a good friend. And a good, yeah. a good friend, um, is, is, is going to, uh, appease your flesh and is going to make you feel good. But a good father is, is going to protect you and is going yeah. to take care of you.
0: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Um, so before before I go ahead and, and give this a good close, uh, any 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 last thoughts, any any remarks? Anything? I think it's your turn. <laughs> if, if not, I can close it. No I, okay.
2: I, I think we I, I, uh, <laughs> just the things we just hit on just a little while ago, I think was just those nuggets of even beyond this and these podcasts that are being do, um, being taught. Uh Just remembering that this is a journey, mm-hmm. you know, um and others are doing it, this provides an opportunity to hear fresh voices mm-hmm. and realize that you can do it too, like yeah. you know and um and I'm believing that through this podcast that people will be filled with the Holy Ghost and that people's lives yeah. are going to be completely transformed and changed, you know, and just don't stop at that experience itself or just encouraging you that there's more. Yeah. And if you've never heard this before, do not be, don't allow yourself to become offended with the word. Yeah, You know, don't become offended with the word, but allow God, get along with God. He is patient. He's merciful. He's long suffering and he will open your understanding. You know, don't just turn it off and just say that's for them or that's for that group. Um, You know, the Bible says to not pretty much that the scriptures are not to be left to just private interpretation. Yeah. You know, um, so with that being said, I'm super excited to hear testimonies. I know that people will probably reach out to Derek because he doesn't even know that will have heard this podcast and literally had a life-changing experience. And I pray that the Lord would continue to bless you and allow you to become the saint, the mature saint that he's called you to be and to be what he desires for you to be in the kingdom. Um, because again, this is just the beginning yeah. for a journey that's gonna be quite fun,
3: ups yeah. and downs for yeah. fun.
1: <laughs> and the Spirit's gonna give you purpose in a purposeless life. Yeah, And right. even, I, I've found even in life that's easy and that's fun, there's ultimately no purpose. Right. Right. And I can be a a good person and I can give to charities and I can love my family and I can work a job that I like and provide and I can enjoy, uh, you know, enjoy the pleasures that life has to offer and all that. Mm -hmm. But if I really look at it, like, why? Yeah. What's the point? Like just to, just to be born to live and then go and, and then, you know, right back into the ground. And then like, what's why? And, and that's, that's a sobering thought. Right. And a lot of times we find ourselves, a lot of people find themselves in those places where they may have good lives. And it, it, it's kind of that existential uh, <laughs> thought that finally hits them of why, what's the purpose of all it's this. Right. And yeah. when we're
0: filled with his spirit, you know, he, he
1: gives us purpose. Right. Yeah.
0: No, I'm, 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 I'm with you. I, I will admit, like, he, no matter how difficult it gets, no matter where I'm at, I do wake up fulfilled. I do uh, lay my head on the pillow. One would say fulfilled like my yep. life has purpose. It has right. meaning um so like we've said you know no matter where you're at no matter what you're doing you know i, th- I thank you for listening to this podcast uh, i hope it touches you i hope it it moves on you and if you don't you know have a church around your area just go on to upci.org you can type in your zip code from there you know locate a church locate the body you know of, of believers like-minded believers and uh, reach out to them you know they'll be more than willing to 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 show you uh, what this means or what that means and you know uh, answer any questions you may have but at the end of the day you know we, we need a relationship with God and we, we need to be obedient to his truth we need to be obedient to his word um, so the last thought I'm, I'm going to say is I, I, I pray that God you know this this lands on, on good ground and I pray that it, you know this touches your heart and, and you leave um, one would say uh, new you know um, and I pray that uh, that your life you know be forever changed going forward in Jesus name So this has been another uh, episode of Apostolic
3: Truth today, and uh, have a good one.